COVID-19 revealed uncomfortable truths about the U.S. healthcare system, including our approach to managing chronic diseases. A fundamental problem with chronic disease care is that the system doesn't fully support patient health and experience, especially for marginalized populations. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Marshall Chin, a professor at healthcare ethics at the Department of Medicine at the University of Chicago. Dr. Chin has written a perspective article about chronic disease care in the United States. Dr. Chin, as you write in your perspective article, the way routine care is delivered changed dramatically during the COVID-19 pandemic. How have chronic conditions been diagnosed and managed during the past 18 plus months? With the stress on the system from taking care of COVID patients, there was a dramatic decrease then in the number of visits then for other conditions like chronic conditions. And we had the shift then also from in-person visits to telehealth. So what do you think the long-term effects of this pandemic-related interruption in care is going to be for people with chronic conditions? In some ways, the COVID pandemic led to a reawakening of where we are at regarding our healthcare system, that it was disruptive change, that we had to basically adjust and adapt on the spot to caring for COVID-19 patients. However, when we take a step back and think about, well, how is our healthcare system set up to care for patients with chronic disease, then we realize there's a big problem in that essentially our systems are not designed to optimize the health and experience of patients, especially marginalized populations. Our chronic care systems are based on tradition, self-interest, and revenue generation. Our goal should be supporting and optimizing the health of all people with chronic disease, including marginalized populations, and our North Stars as chronic care health systems should be patient health equity and justice. So one of my hobbies is performing improvisational stand-up comedy. The comedian Keegan-Michael Key, perhaps best known for his role as President Obama's anger translator in a number of hilarious sketches, he has said that improvisational comedy is like jump off the cliff and figure it out on the way down. People think that improvisation is moving forward. He goes on to say that what improvisation really is, is walking backward. It's backing up that gives you discovery. You back up, you can create a larger worldview. And that's what the COVID-19 pandemic has done for us and chronic disease. It's forced us to step back and see the system for what it is, which is a system that is not designed to optimize the health and experience of patients, especially marginalized populations. So looking beyond finances, you talk in your article about integrating technology and human capital and addressing the digital divide. So how could technology be used to improve chronic disease care in an equitable way? One thing we've learned is that the traditional model of primarily in-person visits is probably not the most efficient use of resources and people's time. And so trying to find that optimal mix of in-person visits when remote like telehealth is adequate and how to use remote health monitoring, such as uh, measuring a blood pressure remotely. These are our frontier areas. Of course, then, it's going to be critical then to make sure that we don't introduce or worsen health disparities because of the so-called digital divide. And so, for example, patients may not have video capability, but they do have telephone capability. So it's important then to make sure that the reimbursement for telehealth is adequate, so not penalize then those patients who require using that telephone and those providers who are taking care of patients who need to use the telephone. So 
as we think about these solutions, that a common mistake is people thinking, well, it's a technical fix to everything. Almost always it's critical to think about, well, how do you integrate the technical part with the human component? Ultimately, patient care is caring for people, and it involves relationships. It involves that connection between provider and patient. Technology is a tool, but it shouldn't be the end-all and be-all. Looking at the situation more broadly, you write in your article that healthcare delivery organizations, payers, and policymakers should intentionally advance health equity and address structural racism. So what does the roadmap for fostering a culture of health equity look like at the organization level? So a lot of it is common sense. And so it involves first looking at your data. So are there differences in the quality of care and outcomes when you look at the care of your more and less advantaged populations, whether it's socioeconomic status or, for example, if there are racial ethnic differences in quality of care and outcomes. Next is doing a root cause analysis that basically it involves talking with patients, talking with providers, frontline staff, why do these differences in care and outcomes exist? Third is then designing your care delivery systems, your interventions to address those specific root causes. And then the fourth part is then adjusting the payment system to support and incentivize those types of care transformations that address those medical and social needs. I'd add that critical to all this too is establishing a culture of equity. This will not happen unless we truly value advancing health equity, and delivering the best possible care and optimizing health of all of our patients. The poet Audrey Lord has written, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. So we need fundamental transformation of the way we view chronic care, that we need to truly put the patient first in terms of optimizing their health and quality of care, especially for marginalized populations. And we need to level the playing field. In other words, that besides what we're already supporting well financially, procedures, surgeries, we need to truly support the bread and butter of chronic care, which means closely working with patients, monitoring them, coaching, facilitating behavior change, holistically addressing the medical and social needs. Finally, what reforms could be made at the broader system level? What would it look like for health equity to become a primary focus of health policy? both for chronic disease care and more generally. If we truly valued equity, it would mean that it would be central in terms of our mission and goals, that it'd be an explicit goal. We want to improve the health and outcomes of all of our patients. We would then support and incentivize those care delivery systems that can do that, which again, devolves down to closely working with patients to address holistically their medical and social needs. It means then, having effective longitudinal primary care with access to specialty services as needed. It means partnering with the communities to address underlying social determinants of health in the community, such as poverty, inadequate housing, problems with transportation that impact our patients. It means then performing our payment systems so that it's in everyone's interest to do the right thing to deliver these tailored approaches to care that address the medical and social needs of diverse populations in advanced health equity. It really means putting the patient central, that our goal is to improve the care and outcomes of all patients, including the most marginalized. It means advancing health equity. It means that we care about justice. Thank you, Dr. Chin.